Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, June 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to bring you a little bit of a different show today. Yeah, I'm excited. I think that today's show is is pretty good, but of course, I'm biased. (laughs) (laughs) To keep track of all of our episodes, ask us mailbag questions, all that good stuff, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Of course, we have that mailbag every Wednesday, so send in those questions. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to do things today in a slightly different order. Normally on Mondays, we have our nemesis of the week at the end of the show. We're going to do it up front because, spoiler alert, our nemesis is related to the special episode that we just talked about at the top of the show. The Locked On Network got some of the NHL hosts together, including myself, Rachel, to have a Pride Month conversation. And so we're going to be bringing you part one of that conversation today. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe to get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right, Danielle, so our nemesis of the week, and if you're just starting to listen to the show, we have a segment every Monday called Nemesis of the Week, where we identify who or what in hockey is bothering us this week. Last week, we talked about people harassing players and their families online, which don't do that. And this one is semi-related to that, that if you see a team or a league, you know, change their logo to something with rainbow for Pride Month or have a post about Pride Month, like just don't reply if you're going to have something negative to say, (laughs) because it's there's no point to it. And it's showing people in the LGBTQ community that you don't value them as human beings. So People who post negative responses to Pride Month posts, you're our nemesis of the week. Absolutely. And it always seems like it's the same type of fan. But uh, yeah, those just suck. And they're just so unnecessary. So to get that negative energy out, without further ado, here is the Locked On NHL crew led by Jay Forster from Locked On Blue Jackets talking about LGBTQ people in the hockey community. Hey guys, this is Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets. Welcome to Locked On Presents. We are doing a special roundtable for Pride Month, uh, talking about what it's like to be LGBT and work in hockey or be a hockey fan or just generally exist in this world as a queer person. I am joined today by Sarah Avampato of Lockdown LA Kings, Robbie Leano of Lockdown Arizona Coyotes, and Rachel Donner, who is one half of Lockdown Philadelphia Flyers. This first part of our two-part roundtable is mostly about 
uh, our experiences with Pride Night, with Hockey is for Everyone, and things like that. So I will, uh, I will get right into it. So with it being Pride Month, uh, there is not a ton of uh, LGTB representation in sports in general, but I feel like especially in hockey, it's a very uh, cisgender, heterosexual sport like in total. So uh, I thought it might be fun if we kind of had some of the uh, LGTB hosts here at the Lockdown Podcast Network to kind of get together, have a little chat about, you know, our experiences working in the sport, if we've had, you know, any uh, issues, anything like anything more positive, uh, things like that. So I figured we just kind of go around, uh, say, you know, proper like embarrassing icebreaker stuff like this is, you know, name, what show you do, pronouns, two truths and a lie. Uh, Not the last one, but (laughs) um, so I'm, you know. Uh, Jay Foster, I my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I do Locked on Blue Jackets. And as far as I'm aware, I am the only uh, British host on the Locked on Podcast Network, which is exciting for me, I guess, and probably not very exciting for anyone else. Uh, but if we just kind of go in order of who's who's kind of on my little, my little Zoom window, uh, Robbie, why don't you go? Yeah, so uh, I'm Robbie Leonio. I'm the host of Locked On Coyotes. My pronouns are they, she, and uh, I'm. Oh, well, I, uh, I, I, I grew up in a. Uh, I well, I grew up in California, and I've, I mean, I've, I've been doing sports media. I'll just say sports media for I don't know 10, 10 years now. It's been a long time. Uh, Sarah, you're up. Uh, I am Sarah Avampato, host of Locked On Kings, and also two fifths of Locked On NHL. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, they, if you're feeling spicy. Uh, and uh, I don't remember what the other question was. <laughs> I think, I think you mostly got it. You got it. Okay, sweet, sweet, um, sweet. So yeah, we'll just, we'll finish up with Rachel and then we'll, we'll get into it. I am Rachel Donner. I am half of the Locked On Flyers podcast and I go by she, her, but will also accept they. And uh, been a Flyers fan my entire life, which I don't know, could be a good or a bad thing, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I got into hockey pretty, pretty late, but um, it very, very quickly became like, oh, okay, this is this is my personality now, which seems kind of really at odds with the other half of my personality, which is just kind of exceedingly queer in every every kind of way. So um, it feels uh, people are always kind of surprised, I think, when when I say, oh, you know, like, oh, I. I play hockey I work in hockey but I also am you know pretty inescapably gay I guess um and trans and you know I I do a lot of that side of things and so it's it's always really surprising to me how well the two sides seem to mesh and I don't know if if anyone else has kind of had that that experience I think so I am also a hockey player uh although I did uh I knew how to basic ice skate as a child, but I actually put on hockey skates and learned how to play at the ripe old age of 37. And 
became involved in a women's hockey league. And then I currently am actually a board member of the New York City Gay Hockey Association. And so we are a queer hockey organization designed specifically to welcome queer people into the hockey playing and the adult rec hockey playing community. We have a developmental league, which has five teams, as well as we sponsor teams in the higher division leagues at Chelsea Piers in Manhattan. And so we are, we hold, uh, you know, big event tournaments every year and, and participate in gay hockey tournaments across the country and have sent teams to the gay games and all of that. So I'm pretty well entrenched in the queer hockey landscape, I would say. I feel like I, came to hockey also a little bit late as an adult. Like I was a fan as a kid. And then, you know, you go off to college and suddenly it's like, oh, sports aren't for girls. So, you know, I kind of went away from hockey for a while, except for, you know, texts from my mom being like, did you hear about that Sidney Crosby boy? He sure is nice. Uh, And so, you know, it wasn't until, you know, kind of as a real adult on my own, uh, kind of got back into hockey, living in Chicago was sort of inescapable after a certain point. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I think that the interesting thing for me is, you know, coming into hockey in that in that way. I also learned to skate as an adult uh, and joined a women's league and a, you know, very terrible beer league and and all that. And, you know, it's the most fun I've ever had being bad at something. But I learned to play because I was like, well, if I'm going to cover this sport, I should maybe kind of know what I'm talking about a little more. So I did that. But uh, the, the way I kind of backed into coming into hockey meant that it was like a lot of my friend group was already also into hockey. And a lot of my friend group is also a lot of, uh, a lot of queer people. And so it, I kind of already had like that community of people who were, you know, not your typical sports bro. Uh, and so sometimes leaving that bubble and going out into the rest of the wide world of hockey um, is like, oh, that's right. That's right. It's not all cool people. <laughs> Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma checking accounts give you instant karma. The checking account can win you cash reimbursements for making purchases. Using the debit card can win you daily instant karma purchase reimbursements up to $5,000. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Minimum balance and transfer limits apply. Like, yeah, like it was a really kind of backwards, backwards way into it, I think, because I, hockey was always a very kind of queer space for me, even before, like, I found like a specific queer community just because of that, like, intersection of my friends being queer and my friends being into hockey. So it kind of surprised me when I got into like wider world hockey and was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'm not as welcome here as I thought, but I do also think that I've been incredibly lucky in that people seem to have kind of been receptive to kind of the, the stuff I talk about. And, you know, I know that most of the time I am just kind of some guy yelling on Twitter, like old man yells at clouds about things, but I do feel like it's kind of, 
the, there is a kind of a place for for that in hockey. I think it's interesting because when we talk about hockey as a monolith, we tend to default, as we do as hosts of NHL-related shows, to men's hockey, whereas I think you know, the women's hockey community is a completely different animal and in competitive and college hockey in the pro and Olympic level hockey world, queerness is a much more visible thing. And I think that when you are used to that and, you know, I have been involved in women's pro hockey in the past as well. And and so when you when you come from that world and then jump back into the world of the NHL and realize how vastly different it is and how vastly different things are received in the NHL from what you experience in women's hockey to some degree. I'm not saying women's hockey is perfect. I'm just saying it's more visible. It is markedly different. And you find that you have to start from a completely different baseline of experience and knowledge. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting with like because I so before I transitioned, I played uh, women's hockey and men's hockey, and then when I came out, I was like, right, well, I can't I can't do women's hockey anymore, so I, I stuck with with just the men's team, and it is like it is crazy how different the the two teams were. Like my my men's team is great. Like when I came out, they were all like, oh, I tell the story all the time because it just it really makes me laugh. So when I came out, I was like, you know, if if there's going to be an issue in the locker room or whatever, then let me know. I don't want it to be like awkward or anything. Um, and there was a bunch of comments of like, oh, the weirdest thing about you is that you're a goalie or um, my personal favorite was that I need to still make sure that I shot my five hole regardless of how I identify, you know? So it like, they were really great, but it is so different playing men's hockey versus playing women's hockey where, you know, we've got, I think there was like three straight women, on the entire team it, it's just it is a very kind of exceedingly gay uh sport even as far as like women's sports in general go i feel like hockey is is very very gay which is which is great but i do feel like it's it is kind of like a um a culture shock when you when you flip from one to the other and it's interesting because because that's something I, I, I didn't see until later on for me because i i mean i'm growing up in a completely you know, male dominated environment. And, you know, I, you know, grew up around the National Hockey League, grew up, you know, and, you know, watching, you know, I, I, I like a, you know, men's high school hockey, men's college hockey. I did see, seeing all that. And then, you know, seeing the completely other side, it was, it was like, whoa, this is different. Yeah. The, uh, the women's team I used to play for had a specific section in their like rules and bylaws about dating teammates which is certainly not a thing that uh, ever came up in the co-ed beer league that I played in or any other like organized hockey I'd ever done. But the women's league right there was a whole section on basically like be a grown up if you're going to date a teammate teammate. And if it goes bad, like you still got to play together. Um, And I I was like, oh, yeah, like this is totally different from, you know, any other part of hockey. I can't imagine a men's team, you know, thinking, oh, we need to put that in there just wouldn't happen no, like I, I don't think it would it would like occur to them mm-hmm. really like because that's the thing again like I, I'm the only obviously the only trans guy on the team I'm 98% sure I'm the only non-straight 
guy on the team and it doesn't really seem to occur to them that like I think they just kind of see me as oh okay that's that's just Jay that's just the goalie I don't think like they have that kind of like awareness of me outside of the rink as much which is which which sounds really weird but it feels very much like okay well hockey is this very like sexless sport in a way which sounds like a it's a really weird way to put it but it's very much like like that's how that's how kind of my experiences have gone it's been well we don't care if you're you know gay or straight or you know trans or cis or you know whatever can you play hockey then you can play hockey and that's fine but sometimes it does get a bit kind of exhausting when people constantly just like assume oh okay like you're a guy so you must be straight and like I don't know um if that's something anyone else here has dealt with but that kind of you can only be one kind of queer in in like sports is something that I've kind of been found people seem to be surprised when I'm like oh yeah no I'm I'm trans and I'm also like bi Let's pivot to something that I kind of specifically wanted to talk about, and then uh, Rachel in the in the group chat brought it up as well. And this idea of like Pride nights and should we do them? Are they worth it? Like, are they having any kind of impact at all? And like my my short answer is no, but I want to bring up like so over here in the UK we had a professional player come out as by in January of 2020. I think it was the the morning of the Pride game that the, the the team was planning to play the Manchester Storm. Every team in the league had a um had a Pride game. They all had the rainbow jerseys. You can see the the game worn one that I've got hanging up behind me. Um it was really really cool and then Zach coming out kind of added to that. And that I think not that I think, you know, coming out should kind of punctuate any kind of you can play or pride event or anything, but like that hit something for me when I kind of like, I went to the game and I saw every single person in that arena was wearing rainbows or like when they announced them at the start of the game, you got standing ovation. And this is like, like, I love, I love Zach. Zach is great. Zach is a second pairing defenseman on most teams you know he's not and I think he'd he'd say that as well you know he's not the star player he's not you know the MVP ever but that night every single person treated him like he was like he was an all-star and it was really great and it was the first time I'd gone to a hockey game and felt like oh okay I I belong here and I've been to pride nights in in um in the United States, I've been to one at Nationwide Arena with the Blue Jackets, and it was basically the most, like, it was the most heterosexual Pride event I've ever been to, um, which I think is a real problem that, like, sports have to deal with in general, and also, like, the NHL specifically. Um, and so I personally, I think the NHL's got a, a long, long way to go, even for, like, pride nights to become a a thing that can enact like real change but like have you guys done pride nights for you know nhl ahl uh college hockey like what's been your experience with 
with Pride Nights, specifically with with hockey? So I have a couple that I think sort of stand out for me. And one is, uh, so I also cover the Chicago Wolves, uh, the AHL team here. And uh, they did, I think it might have been actually their first Pride Night uh, this past season. And it was kind of spearheaded by a couple of employees they have who are uh, who are gay. And they made the whole thing happen. And uh, they, they are, the Wolves are an organization where, um, you know, they still do the stupid thing when they're doing the kiss cam that they show two guys from the opposite team. And, you know, all of us up there in the press box are just like, why are you doing this? This is terrible. But so, so to see an organization like that, where like, there, there is still that, that, you know, opinion there that, you know, this is funny uh, thing to see them, everyone buy in and everyone support their employees who are out and who are wanting to make this happen, I thought was, was really neat because they had, they hadn't done it before. Uh, and it was neat to, uh, I know a couple of the employees there who were, who were behind it and to just kind of talk with them about, you know, what it meant for them to see, you know, the guys with pride jerseys and the guys with pride tape. And, you know, it does it move the needle for like the grand world. I, I, I don't know, but it meant something to those people who saw their team embrace them for who they are and, you know, bring it out there uh, in the open. So we've just heard a bunch of lockdown hosts, including myself, talking about LGBTQ issues. And one thing we also all always talk about, even when we're not recording our podcast, is Bilt Bar. Because Bilt Bars are so delicious. They taste like a candy bar. And there are so many amazing flavors to choose from. There's something for everyone, no matter what you like. Whether you like chocolate, you don't like chocolate, you like nuts. So many good flavors. We, I know, love carrot cake and apple almond crisp. They are the best, but even better is that Built Bars are healthy. They're great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Somehow they combine low calorie and low sugar with high protein and high fiber, so they really are good for you. And they fit into any type of lifestyle you are living, whether that's counting calories on the keto diet or anything else. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The NHL playoffs are trucking along into the third round now, but there's still time to decide what bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck each night. And the perfect place to go for that is our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And we mean all your sports action, whether that is the NHL playoffs or the NBA playoffs, tennis, golf, soccer, whatever you are into, BetOnline has it for you. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. And you can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And the other one that kind of stands out to me is kind of when the league first started doing kind of coordinated pride nights and all all that. Um, I happened to go out to Raleigh, North Carolina and go to a Hurricanes game with a friend who lived there. And it was the Hurricanes first pride night, which was again, like you said, the most heterosexual pride night I've ever been to, but everyone on the ground there, like they had people from like the local colleges, from 
you know, different LGBT organizations and stuff. And all of them were saying that this is huge for Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Sure, the like person who like, you know, ran the siren at the beginning of the game and who was the, you know, it was basically like the ally of the game, essentially. Like, here's a straight person with like a gay kid. Like, aren't they great? Uh, And so uh, on that respect, you're just like, oh, you're so close, but you're not, you're not quite there. But everyone local was like, we could not have imagined this happening even a couple of years ago. And so for the people there to see their team slowly start to work to, you know, be more open uh, was really huge. And now we'd see that the Hurricanes are one of the teams that, you know, is like, like calling people out on social media when they say stupid stuff on people's pride posts and stuff. And, And the Hurricanes, I think, have really evolved as a organization to, to really embrace that and not, you know, I'm sure if you go to their next pride night, they're like, you know, fan of the game is not going to be a person with a gay kid. Like they actually have roots in the queer community now and not, they, they have done the groundwork to make that pride night actually meaningful, uh, which I think is really neat again for an area of the country that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like LA, the Kings do pride nights and it's just like, it's kind of every other game, you know, it's not, it's not too much different because I can go to any Kings game in LA and see couples who aren't straight and have that be normal. Um, I can't say the same for going to Hurricanes games. Does it, does it bother you that they still partner with organizations that have been, you know, notably Mm -hmm. homophobic, transphobic in the past and yet they still kind Mm -hmm. of because that's something that I get stuck on in terms of like, yeah. especially with the with the Hurricanes, and I think there's nine other teams in in the league that, that partner with with this organization, and that I think Flyers are one is, of them. Coyotes yes. are another. <laughs> there you go. So, so that's something that like that is always that is really kind of since I've been made aware of that has kind of stuck with me about you know okay, but this this team that is calling people out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. calling people out for for being um homophobic or like saying no one cares on on pride posts and stuff and then they turn around and they are actively promoting this organization that gives a ton of money to conversion therapy mm-hmm. camps and and things like that and so it kind of it touches a little bit on something something else that Rachel mentioned in the in the chat beforehand which is does that you know does that make it worthless is it just rainbow capitalism you know, is it just pinkwashing this issue and being like, well, okay, maybe we we partner with this organization, but hey, look, we we you know we we put a rainbow overlay on our logo. Look how look what al- look what good allies we are. You know, it, it feels very kind of um, talk the talk without walking the walk type thing. I think that there's a couple things going on here. Part of which is the traditional organization of sports organizations as a business and that sponsorship is siloed from social media other than fulfilling sponsorships through their social media and and branding, right? So I think that there is a lot of work to be done in terms of teams and leagues looking at these sorts of issues holistically and seeing how the different pieces and parts affect each other. I do think that the trajectory of that approach is getting better. It's not there yet. I I can see from the flyers, particularly, that while, yes, they are one of those organizations that still is sponsored by this organization, 
that is very anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ overall. From them being pretty much a cookie cutter NHL hockey is for everyone Pride Night branded organization this past year, I think they took a bit of a step forward in how they executed their Pride Night overall in terms of involving more community-based organizations and having the representatives there be connected to the community and and highlighting them as opposed to making it more generic. Um, and I can say that one of my uh, co-board members from the New York Gay Hockey organization um, just so happens that two of the five of us are Flyers fans, even though we live in New York. And uh, he was featured in their Pride Night video, which they have since reposted for Pride Month. And so I think they're getting better. And of course, Gritty is super, super Pride mascot <laughs> out there. I do, I do like Gritty's Gritty's rainbow belly button for, for the season. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, they're they're getting better in terms of the branding of it and having it be more meaningful. Uh, but again, I feel like there's just this siloed approach with marketing that isn't quite there yet and hasn't connected those dots. And I think that's something we sh- should be looking out for. Yeah, it's it's it is tough because I do understand, you know, that you know it's a business, and I understand that this this company has since kind of gotten a lot quieter about where they send their money and they're a lot quieter about how they don't kind of do this anymore but if you look at the numbers then they do and it is like it it does very much just feel like they are for some teams you know and I, again I do think the Flyers do an especially good job with with Pride um, I think that Carolina does a, a pretty good job um, New Jersey as well is is another one that I think does a does a pretty good job because I feel like they're there's someone quite high up in like PR, I think, for the for the Devils yes. that's, that's gay. And I would say, again, just living in the New York City area, I think the Devils are the lead organization on that front uh, in this metro area in terms of community involvement and their Pride Nights. I was on a panel for the New Jersey Devils talking about uh, being queer in the hockey world. And uh, I know that I've had the opportunity to play in a game on NHL ice uh, for the Devils and the Rangers and the Islanders in their support of Pride Night or Pride-related activities. So I've been very lucky and and have benefited from teams doing outreach into the community here. And I think that that just makes it more kind of frustrating, I think, because, because like Sarah said, you know, they're so close. And it looks like they really, like some organizations especially, are really starting to get it. But other organizations, I feel like, and I'm going to call the Blue Jackets out here because I've been mad about it for like eight days now. They have yet to acknowledge that it's Pride Month. You know, and I know other teams have not necessarily acknowledged it either, but our AHL team has. They put out a thing on June 1st being like, you know, again, it was very kind of, white bread like love is love everyone matters you know like we skate for everyone type thing but it had a rainbow logo on it and that's that's kind of that's about what I expect from from a hockey team at this point um but blue jackets nothing they have not acknowledged it and it's just getting increasingly frustrating as a queer person who was a fan before 
I started, you know, covering the team as a fan who has been to Pride Nights there. It does very much feel like they just, they kind of phone it in. All right, Danielle. So that was part one of our Pride Month discussion from the Locked On NHL crew. We'll have more from that discussion later this week, including discussing hockey is for everyone as a whole, the role of team ambassadors, and the role of being LGBTQ in sports media, so much more. Can't wait to hear those conversations. So thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. And as a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.